Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is great to be with you. Today we are joined by my longtime friend and companion in spiritual things, Grace Smeltzer. Grace is, among other things, a wife, a mother of five, and nowadays Grace and her husband Dave lead several online contemplative community groups all internationally, and she's also finishing her training to become a spiritual companion. So she joins us today to talk about extroverts and the contemplative. Hi, Grace. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. Yes, our pleasure. And just to give all of our listeners a little bit of a lay of the land, a common thing that I know I hear from people is that they don't know if they're really cut out for a number of the things that they imagine that the contemplative is about. So they don't think they can be still. They don't think that they'll like being quiet, these kinds of things. And I get it because I'm somewhere in between introvert and extrovert, and I'm a huge fan of external processing. I find conversations super exhilarating. I love using words in my spiritual practices. But obviously, hence like the topic of this podcast, there seems to be something that the contemplative life brings for the extrovert as well. And so that's what we're talking about today. And so Grace, you being able to speak from the perspective of the extrovert, we'd love to hear about some of the challenges, the mindsets that you've experienced as you approach the contemplative life. Yeah, I feel like... Um... It's true. I, I don't know to this day that I would identify myself as a contemplative. I don't know that I feel like I like own that title <laughs> for myself. Um, but at the same time, I'm super intrigued and drawn and helped by and know I'm enriched by some various contemplative practices. One thing that's been really rich lately for me is reading and learning more about like the early church fathers and mothers. So I was reading a chapter in the book, um, Journey to the Heart, Um, but there was a whole chapter on Origen and he talks about like that his spiritual practice, the writer says, is that he would stand and face east because Jesus is the sun, you know, that we're facing him in one sense and it sort of symbolizes that to us. And then you have your hands upraised. And I thought, I'm going to try that. Like, I think that might be good for me. Grace, maybe we could back up a minute. And even like your initial thought on, I wouldn't consider myself a contemplative. Maybe that word seems a little bit out of reach for you. I wonder if you can say more to that, because I'm guessing that other people maybe have that same sentiment. And so I would love to hear more about what is it about that word that maybe appeals to you? And what is it about that that maybe feels like, I don't know if I make the cut (laughs) when it comes to that? So I think like the word contemplative to me, I'm just beginning sort of through my spiritual direction training program. I'm just beginning to be exposed to people like, well, like Brother Lawrence. I read the Brother Lawrence Practicing the Presence of God book last month and just was so helped and so inspired. And, you know, so he talks about like thanking God and praising God, but he also just talks about like lifting your heart to God. Like some of these things are not about like talking 
but you're aware of God's presence. You're continually like lifting your heart to God through the busyness and work of your daily life. So I thought I can be doing that while I'm doing the laundry or while I'm brushing my teeth, lift my heart to God. He's like, do everything for the love of God. That's so appealing. Yeah, there's an aspect to it that's not just about like what I'm saying, right? You know, or or what God is saying to me. It's like, I'm in God's presence. I'm lifting my heart towards God. I think one of the biggest things, like learning about the early church fathers and mothers, it's like they viewed the goal of the spiritual life as union with God. And I kind of think like, that's a big idea. And like, nobody in my spiritual background talked like that. You know, like, I feel like what more gets discussed is re- your relationship with God or connecting with God or experiencing God. And that's all great. I feel like, oh my gosh, let's be real. Union with God is more ambitious. So I feel like there's like this bigger world out there in the whole Christian tradition that I am just beginning to learn about and explore more. And it's so appealing to me. And I, I want more of that, you know, so. I think I can identify with some of the things that you're saying, Grace. I too am an extrovert. I'm a big personality in the room. I, I talk a lot. I share stories. And as an extrovert, my temptation is what is the next thing? What is the next big thing? And I'm wanting to go to the new adventure. A contemplative practice for me is maybe not moving on to the next thing. Even though I, I I'm in the room, I'm a, I'm super excited to be with people, right? That's that's the energy that I carry. I'm super excited to be with people, uh, but I don't I don't really take in some of the other individuals around me and some of the energies that they have, and so sometimes the contemplative practice for me has been not going to the next thing, but mm. what just happened in that one thing there. How do I think about that? How do I take that in? How do I sit with some of the the relationship dynamics that just occurred, uh, whether they're uncomfortable, mm. painful, instead of just moving on to that next thing? How do I bring contemplative practices into just sitting with the emotions of what just occurred? So maybe you can speak to that and some of some of the ways that you've engaged with extroverted energy and and being contemplative. I'm off the charts extroverted. I feel like I struggle to get still, but at the same time, it's not like I'm incapable of trying some things, but yeah, I feel like I've kind of needed some baby steps and a little bit of a wider palette, if I can say, like a wider palette of here's some things you can experiment with. Like that has really helped me. I think you're bringing up reasonable points around what does it take to include the extrovert at the contemplative table, if you will. Yeah. Um, so if you were kind of taking a, a look at the span of it, do you find like, ooh, this this really helps me get engaged. This really helps me feel included. You know, Are there ways in which the contemplative extrovert can be invited better? Like sometimes we talk about inviting the introvert. What I hear you saying is invitation is kind mm-hmm. of a big deal in the midst of it, right? Because this doesn't come naturally to me. So if yeah. invitation is given, that actually really helps me get to a space that turns out to be more meaningful. In my spiritual direction course, they have like certain commitments you have to make to be part of it. And one of the commitments is you have to take a quiet day once a month. I kind of initially said, oh, that's fine. I mean, I 
I try to take a, like at least a half day as Sabbath every week. So I'm doing that, you know, and then my spiritual director said at one point, like, no, it's not the same as your Sabbath. And I thought, what, you know, like, what do you mean by a quiet day? You know, and they keep talking about like the importance of silence and solitude. And honestly, like I keep stumbling over that. I think that like, I actually did take a retreat away to the mountains. I really like being in the mountains. Um, and I went to a little, I like rented the cheapest little tiny Airbnb room I could. And I had a couple days away and it was glorious to be alone, but I did a mixture of walks out in nature and journaling and reading. And, but I realized it was really filling to me to have that. It was almost three days, you know, by myself. And I wasn't responsible for, you know, Dave or my kids or the household or, yeah, I wasn't returning calls and not, you know, so it just was like really glorious to have time alone with God. And like, so that was really filling and encouraging. And I realized like, oh, I do think there's an aspect of like silence and solitude as part of that. And to realize like, I do enjoy that. Yeah. So I think, you know, if I'm, I'm hearing some of your uh, thoughts about being in this contemplative world, uh, you, you're not fully settled in. You, oh, no. You, you can't completely identify it. But I also hear a willingness on your part to put your toes in the water and to try some yeah. of these practices. I can totally relate with you having gone on a six-day silent retreat. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to do for six mm -hmm. days of silence? I, I would say it was such a beautiful opportunity for me as an extrovert to dip my toes into, into the waters of silence and solitude. I can't say that I am perfect at silence and solitude, but you know, I have a willingness to attempt it more and to get mm. the richness that silence and solitude can bring to us. And so I love just hearing that you are willing to dip your toes in the water to experiment. Mm -hmm. um, even though, you know, I think we all can sort of get hung up on words sometimes, but uh, that adventurous spirit in yourself to, to <laughs> participate in this, in these practices that I, I believe are meant to be beneficial to us. So what happened for you, Chris? Cause I have to say, I've never done a six day silent retreat. Like that would, that would be a long time for me. Like what happened for you? How did you, what did you do during your six day silent retreat? What was that like? I will say briefly that um, I wrote poetry. I, I engaged uh, in, in some silence, and then I would write some poetry from my times of silence. Wow. I would take some times of silence, and then I would say, well, from that time of silence, like what melodies can come from my guitar, you know, uh -huh. with, and just play the guitar without words, you uh -huh. know, just what melodies come from me from silence. So I think those are rich things. I don't know if anybody wow. else has anything that's uh, come from times of silence and solitude. Well, maybe I'll just mention too, you also took long bike rides. And so I think that when we reduce contemplative to saying it is solitude and silence, I think that's very reductionary. I think that there's a whole world of contemplative. And Grace, I appreciate you naming yeah. union with God, the oneing with God of Julian of Norwich. That's going to look different for every single person listening today. It's not that you have to do this. And I think sometimes we can get in these ruts or these things where it's like to be, you know, I think back in the day, it was like to be a strong Christian in the evangelical world meant you got up early in the morning with a Bible to do a quiet <laughs> time. I'm not a morning person, so that never worked for me. And yeah. so I think 
sometimes when we try to fit into these things that are ill-fitting and aren't quite where we're at, I think yeah. that that can turn into a reductionary thing. And so, Christina, I really appreciate your framing of the conversation today of what does it mean to include extroverts and how can we really expand the definition of what it means to engage in contemplative practices? So I don't know if you have any final thoughts for us, Christina. I am with all of these kind of comments as we're kind of coming to a close. Yeah, if I'm sitting alone in space and I'm looking to become aware, like I might draw, I might write out lyrics if I like need to not bother somebody else's quiet or something. So there's mm. so many ways to engage and I think that they're all meaningful and mm. I, I enjoy getting to experience as many of them as possible. So thank you, Grace, so much for being with us today <laughs> and talking about the challenges of approaching all of this and coming at it kind of fresh in the middle of life and what that looks yeah. like. I think it's meaningful yeah. to have the conversation. So thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. It's fun to be with you and to be engaging around this whole topic. I'm excited for what you're doing in this podcast. So. so now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So tell me, friends, what's going on in your lives? Well, I am into mason jar salads. And this is something that um, actually before the pandemic, my kids had a little business where we would make mason jar salads for some of our neighbors and it was a regular part of our diet. They're so fun. And so we currently have some international students staying with us this summer from Spain and from Panama, and I introduced them to that concept. And I just saw our Spanish student making her mason jar salad to prepare for her afternoon classes. And it delighted my heart to see this because they had never heard of that before. So I am into the joys of mason jar salads. Well, I am into audio production. Uh, I've been learning a little bit more about what it takes to master master an audio file, master a project. And so I have been taking on some new videos to learn about uh, how to bring levels up to industry standard and how to, to make things pop in a mix. And so I have been all about audio mastering. Wahoo. I cannot do audio mastering at all. So I will give it all to you. <laughs> I think I have been into mint extract from scratch. So we started a number of gardens around the house, one of which was an herb garden, and the mint, which was a scraggly little thing, took over and is in force. And so I, you know, went to the internet and said, how do you use mint? Oh my gosh. And it turns out you can make extract, extract out of vodka and mint, and you basically like let it soak for two months and then you have mint extract, which I'm into it. We're going to do it. And apparently you can also make mint pesto. That's going to happen. But what I'm really into is mint extract. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us today. If you would like more resources, you're welcome to check out the contemplativelife.net. If you have a moment, we'd love for you to rate us on iTunes so that other people can find us. And then we'll see you soon. Talk later.